Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Lincoln Journal Star's Life in the Red podcast. Luke Mullen and Amy Just, your hosts, as usual. But wait, you're saying, where's Wilson? Well, fortunately, uh, Wilson's still a major part of our Husker Extra team, uh, but he's moved to a, a new role with the Omaha World Herald. He's going to be covering the men's basketball team primarily for them, but still involved with all the football stuff. He's there today. We still, we still see him. He's still alive. He's in our hearts forever and always. But no more gingerbread. Yeah. It's too bad. It is too bad. You're stuck with us, is what I'm saying. The two of us, yeah. <laughs> so appreciate you coming back anyway. Um, today we we of course have a lot to dive into. A big game, Nebraska, Colorado. A lot of discussion came out of that. Um, you know, stuff to talk about the team. You know, reflect on those first two weeks a little bit. Uh, we'll get into that here shortly. But you know, my second time out to Boulder. Your first time. How do we like it? Uh, it's really pretty. The weather was great. Um, there's a lot of swearing. Granted, I swear a lot when I'm not on camera. So, um, I just, I felt right at home in that regard, but yeah, it was, uh, it was crazy. I expected more Nebraska fans to be there, but Colorado did a good job, uh, locking down, uh, keeping tickets in Colorado fans' hands. For sure. Yeah. I think just the, you could kind of feel the tension between the fans a little bit more so than you have a, at a lot of games, you know, even in conference, obviously the big rivalry there. The students were very unhappy, uh, you know, booing the team, you know, letting them know, which credit to those students, by the way, they got there like, you know, two, two plus hours before kick. I mean, very early, yeah, early wild. in the morning. It was wild. Yeah. Um, it, before the gates even opened for them, a bunch of them were chanting, we want beer. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like 8 o'clock in the morning. But, you I know, caffeine. <laughs> I, I wanted caffeine, yeah. uh, but, you know, I respect it. I respect the dedication. Yeah. So there was, you know, a ton of excitement there for Deion Sanders' first home game. You know, the crowd was loud. Uh, but realistically, I think you look at this game, the first 15 to 20 minutes, Nebraska played extremely well. Like there was that moment where I was kind of wondering, you know, this the defense is hanging in there, it's 0 0. And it was like, okay, the offense is going to need to score because the defense is playing at such a high level that you got to get something going there. And end of the first half, that's just where things unraveled. Yeah, I just, and it, you could start to see things fray from the very beginning with, I thought Nebraska had a really promising first drive and then fumble. Yep. Um, and I, they didn't manage to sustain a lot of drives after that, there were a few that they pieced together really well. And then, of course, uh, Jeff Sims' own, you know, very long explosive touchdown. But, you know, didn't really see a lot of consistency in any regard. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a good point. That first drive, they were in a good rhythm. You know, I'd picked up a couple first downs until you get that, you know, fumble to, to disrupt things. And, you know, the, the other drives, I think they had a couple where it was like, you know, pick up one first down, you know, penalties, you get behind the chains a little bit. You know, it, it just seemed like every time they were trying to build towards that, you know, whether it was turnover, fumble, you know, just didn't execute on some of these plays. Stuff just happened and it didn't go their way. And of course, you know, that, that end of the first half, you know, they get down a couple scores and you kind of wonder what's the response going to be. And it was really good. Come out of the second half, Jeff Sims breaks off a huge touchdown run. You know, it's, it's a one score game, but ultimately that turnover trouble it bit again way harder there in the second half. 
and that just kind of overshadowed things. Um, but want to just touch on before we get into the turnovers real quick, the defense overall as a whole, because, you know, what, what Colorado did to TCU, I mean, they dismantled them. And definitely that was not the case, you know, throughout the whole game. Uh, you know, second half, obviously, they, they got the points, they got the yardage, but this Nebraska defense did a way, way better job against a really good Colorado offense. Yeah, eight sacks. Um, and that's the most in over a decade by this team. You know, that's incredible. Two of them from a true freshman, no less, which is incredible nonetheless. And we talked to him today, which I was glad that we, you know, finally had the opportunity to speak with him. But yeah, the, the defense played really, really well for about three-ish quarters. And then things fell off a little bit. And, you know, that's going to happen. Yeah, just so much big play potential that Colorado had. It was kind of only a matter of time. But I want to give a shout out Quentin Newsome. He was following Travis Hunter around for most of the game. And Hunter ended up with with three catches. He had a big catch. But a lot of the time when, when Newsome was on him, there was not a lot going there. He had a really tough task. I mean, they have a lot of good wide receivers. So I thought I thought he played an excellent game. You know, you mentioned the the pass rush was great. A lot of different players contributing to that, getting sacks. And also shout out to sophomore linebacker Makai Bear, a guy who, you know, I kind of saw him out there. And, you know, I, I did a little bit of a double take. Like, did I get that number right? You know, he's he's been out there for a couple series. And he ended up playing second most snaps of, of any linebacker. And this is, I mean, he, he didn't play in his first two years. He redshirted, had his redshirt freshman year. This new staff, he, he's really picked up. And we heard today, I mean, it, it was clear, him and Coach Dvorak there at the linebacker room, he's shown a lot of belief in him, and he's uh, he's living up to it. I was I was impressed to see him come out there and, and get six tackles last week. And one of them was a just crushing tackle that I shouted out in uh, my instant analysis. Um, it was like a third down. Third and 12. Yeah, the third yep, and 12 yep. tackle. That Blew up a screen pass. It was yep. beautiful. It was like, per- it was perfect. Um, and I was really happy for him because, you know, his career hasn't necessarily gone the way that he probably envisioned uh, from when he first got here, but he's making the most of it now. Yeah, I think in this era of college football, a guy who sits for two whole years and then jumps into a big role is, you know, we're celebrating because that's not the case for a lot of people. So a couple of those players on defense uh, had a really good game, but let's kind of reflect on this this 0-2 start, these losses to Colorado and Minnesota. And I think the top of that list is the quarterbacks, uh, Jeff Sims, it's the turnovers, Sims and some other players in that as well. Um, so in particular, this Colorado game dropped multiple snaps, unforced errors. You know, it wasn't like he was hit, the ball popped out, just a very, very simple thing. Botched a handoff exchange with Gabe Irvin, which Irvin today took responsibility for, but I don't buy it. You, Sorry, Gabe. You watch you watch the playback. The ball's not in his gut. It's not it's not in the right place. And Joel Klatt, the the Fox announcer, he called that out in real time. A lot better football mind than me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna trust him on that as well. So there were issues there with Sims through a sideline interception too. That was just a bad decision too. So through these two weeks, Sims, two total touchdowns, six turnovers. Or that, seven, depending on who yeah, you count. And that's that's just not a winning formula. No, you cannot. And I said this on radio um, on Monday. You cannot turn the ball over four times in a game against anyone and expect to win. If they turn the ball over four times this weekend against Northern Illinois, they're not going to win. It's not a recipe for success. 
ball security and decision-making have to be of the top tier highest priority this week for everyone, not just Jeff. Um, you cannot play like that and expect to win. You just, you can't, you can't. Absolutely. And I mean, let's, let's talk about Tim's role in the offense because he brings a lot as a runner. I think, you know, that, that touchdown run he had last week, that was their best offensive play of the game. Without him in there, you don't Second have that. Second best of the yeah. year, I think, so far. Um, though, you know, he did drop the ball on what was the best play of the season. That that beautiful, beautiful yep. touchdown pass to, <laughs> to Bullock. But, you know, like he, he has shown flashes of why they really like him. That touchdown against Colorado is like the prime example of that. But that does not outweigh the issues that they have shown so far and maybe they'll get them fixed um maybe he won't play this week not because of the turnovers but because he's dealing with an injury that we aren't quite sure um what his status is yet so yeah there's a lot of mystery around him for many reasons this week yeah hurt hurt that ankle there colorado defender landed on him there in the fourth quarter didn't practice sunday we'll see we'll see if offensive coordinator marcus satterfield gives us an update on wednesday i am Doubtful. Unlikely, <laughs> probably rule on Thursday is when we'll know mm-hmm. to an extent uh, what what they expect there. But yeah, I, ju- I just think you look at this offense they they haven't been able to get into rhythm at all really throughout any of those quarters. The passing game has been very limited, like 150 yards or less um, in all of these games. So look at this quarterback discussion, and we got a chance to see some of those backups there on the field once Tim's exited. Um, Heinrich Harper got most of the snaps. He led that. Touchdown drive there at the end, and Chubba Purdy came in for one pass. I think that was just it was a passing situation on third down. No, no. It was because Heinrich Harburg's helmet came off, and if your helmet comes off, you have to leave the game. That's why Chubba came in. That's the only reason why Chubba came in is because like Heinrich like went back to go into the huddle before the ref told him he had to get off the field. And that's why like Jeff tried to run on, and they're like, no, 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 and they put Chubba in. So like, yeah, that... Chubba would not have gotten in if Heinrich's helmet didn't come off. Yeah, so <laughs> a unique situation there. Uh, but, you know, Harburg, I I thought, you know, just in the the couple of series, you know, plays that he led, he looked, he looked decent. You know, ultimately his legs are going to be his best asset, very similar to Sims. So he got a couple of those carries. But, you know, I thought the offense looked fine. You know, he he ran it well. And that's going to be the, the discussion as we come into this next week because— Sims health, as you as you mentioned, up in the air a little bit. So it's going to be him or Harburg, you know, who leads the team out there against Northern Illinois. And as we look at this offense, you know, like I said, passing game's been limited. Billy Kemp finally got going last week, which was a good sign. But Marcus Washington's had very little involvement. Um, you know, Alex Bullock's had some some moments as well. He had a, a big week one, um, but just ultimately that the, the consistency has not been there from all these playmakers, and I think that includes the run game too because. Gabe Irvin, like he's been good, he's been efficient, but he's only had 24, 24 carries through two weeks. That's that's your lead back. You want to be a running team. Like some of these issues have to be have to be fixed now at this point. Yeah. And some of the carries that could have gone to Gabe, especially in week one, ended up being uh designed quarterback runs. So because Jeff ran the ball a lot in week one. But yeah, you want him to get more carries. And he was asked today if there was like a number that he had in mind. And he 
It's like, yeah, I'll do whatever. But you know he wants more carries. You know he wants to touch the ball more because, you know, when the ball is in his hands, um, good things can happen. Well, yeah, I I just think the offense hasn't hasn't reached the heights that they wanted to yet. He's one of their best players. Just Just get the ball in his hands. So... This is a, a good opportunity for that against Northern Illinois. Um, preview that in a second, but I, I want to touch on some of the youth on the team, which, I mean, we, we know some of these veterans, you know, you look at a, a Newsome, a Luke Reimer, like, you know, they've been doing it at a high level for a couple of seasons, but part of what makes this team interesting is they've got a lot of freshmen have been able to get on the field early on um, at wide receiver, Jalen Lloyd and Malachi Coleman have, you know, had some limited snaps, not been a huge part, but expecting that to, to maybe continue over the course of the year. But you really look at defense, and you mentioned him a little bit earlier. Cam Lenhart um, has just had an incredible start to the year. Um, you know, thought he, he played at a pretty high level there against Minnesota. You know, first first college game, true freshman on the road. That, that's a, a tough test, but goes out there against Colorado, gets two sacks, one of the, the more consistent defenders there on the edge. I mean, you think that Coach Knighton has to be so pleased with having a, a guy you can go out there right away and, and be able to, to put up some production and stand right in with everybody. Oh, yeah, no kidding. I mean, the words that have been used to describe him, like, they're funny, but, like, it's also, like, accurate. Like, fake freshman. Fake freshman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, like, he is a fake freshman. Like, he, yes, he is a freshman, but he's just done so well. Since he got here, um, you wouldn't know if you weren't just like actively looking at the Absolutely. roster. Yeah. Like f- physically, everything is in, in line with what you'd expect from a contributor at the position. And that's why he's been able to step in there and, and play so well already. And it, it's also worth noting Prince Weluman Mielin, he got in there, um, you know, was able to to generate some pressure as well. Riley Van Poppel, another true freshman there. He's playing a little bit more on the interior uh, he got some snaps. Will said they don't plan on on redshirting him. Uh, Van Poppel should be a guy that gets a lot more playing time. And then <clears throat> even Sua Lafoto, another guy who maybe could be a redshirt, Will said he played a little bit against Colorado. Uh, cornerback Dwight Boodle, he's also going to be a guy that plays pretty consistently week to week. So they've got, I mean, two weeks into the year, you've got, you know, three, four freshmen that you're like, we know these guys are going to play. We're not going to redshirt them. I think that's a great step, and and clearly they they want to have a few more young guys who who they're able to say that about by you know week seven eight nine. Yeah, in general, this is a young team, right? So you're going to have a lot of younger guys playing, but they really are putting an emphasis on getting the guys ready for the future, not necessarily for the right now, but like just throw them in there, see what they can do, um, see how they can help, and so far, especially on defense, that's going really well. Yeah, I mean, program building, foundations, development. This is mm-hmm. this is the Matt Rule playbook. So, this is this is kind of all underscored a little bit, you know, by this zero and two start. You look at the positives, but you look at the negatives there of the turnovers and kind of the the product has not been the execution has not been what they've wanted it to yet. Um, so, as we kind of turn the page on those first two games, you know. How much of an importance do these two next home games, Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech, like before the year, everybody would. And given, you know, the, the offseason hype machine, you know, it it tends to spin things a little bit. But people would say, oh, these are going to be comfortable, easy wins. Now they're 0-2 and you're looking at it and you're like, these are these are going to be tough games. 
Yeah, it's like I said, if they get their turnover problems figured out, they'll be all right. Yep. But if they don't, this could be a long season. Not cannot take anything for guarantee uh, for granted. Can't guarantee anything. Um, so as we talk about this next opponent, um, Northern Illinois coming to Memorial Stadium, six p.m. night game. Uh, should be a, a good atmosphere. First first home game for Matt Rule. He said he's looking forward to it quite a lot there um, on Monday when we talked to him. But this Northern Illinois opponent, uh, kind of an interesting start to the year for them. They're one and one, but you know, week one they beat Boston College. Um, you know, and it was like, okay, they're they're tough. Uh, but then they turn around and lose to FCS Southern Illinois, 14-11, a really ugly defeat. And part of the issue there is their quarterback, Rocky Lombardi, uh, one touchdown, three interceptions so far this year. That name sounds familiar. He's uh, he's actually played in Memorial Stadium before, former uh, Michigan State starting quarterback. So his return, but Northern Illinois, not been a great rushing team, but really been solid defensively. Um, and I think, I think that's... That's not great news for uh, a Nebraska offense that's uh, that's been struggling to score points. Nope, not at all. So it's going to be interesting on Saturday night, that's for sure. Absolutely. And we've been talking about a lot, but it's our hot topic again this week. It's the turnovers. And the question that we want to talk about is, will Nebraska's turnover struggles continue against Northern Illinois? Yep. It <laughs> no, needs no elaboration, but I will. I just... I don't think that they will. I think that it's going to be a continued point of emphasis, but I still think they're going to come up short in that regard. Um, I would love to be wrong, but I need them to show me that they're working on it and that they're actually making progress in that area. And so far they have not shown that. So. There's, there's bad habits. There's bad execution. Bad these, timing. Yeah, these things take, take time to break those, to improve. And yes, they're practicing. They're focusing on these things. They're not burying their head in the sand. They know that they need to fix it. Rule said as much in the immediate post game after that Colorado loss. But ultimately, you know, Sims, if he if he plays, if he goes out there, I mean, he he's had dozens and dozens of games as a collegiate starting quarterback. He's had these turnover troubles. So yes, they can be limited, but no one no one is realistically flipping a switch overnight. Like, there are going to be games where they have fewer turnovers. Maybe this is one of them. Maybe it isn't. Um, but as you said earlier, I mean, if if these turnover troubles are the exact same as we saw the first two weeks, it's going to be a real, real problem uh, for Nebraska against Northern, Northern Illinois. So as we move into our, our score predictions, I mean, we have to factor those turnovers in. Um, I, I think it's going to be a pretty low-scoring game already. So what do we got? I do too. I say Nebraska 14, Northern Illinois 9. And my bold prediction is that one of Nebraska's touchdowns will be defensive. Going with uh, the Iowa special there, huh? I am indeed. <laughs> winning winning by a defensive touchdown. I mean, look, like I, Rocky has shown that he's, you know, interception prone too. And I, I think it's about time for somebody to break one off. Absolutely. Yeah. Defense, defense, forcing turnovers. That's been something that they've talked about uh, being important as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty similar to you here. I'm going 21-16. I think they'll be, so I know, right? One of my, one of my thinking predicting three touchdowns. I mean, that's. Unless one of yeah. them's defense or special defense, teams. Yep. Maybe I'll, I'll steal your, <laughs> I'll steal your reasoning here. But I, you know, I, I think, I think they should be able to break a big play, you know, something 50 yards. They're due for something like that. 
uh, to come up and, you know, get him down the field. And Northern Illinois, I think, you know, I think that they'll be able to, if Nebraska does turn the ball over, they'll, they'll make the most of it. But I'm just not super confident that they're going to be able to string together a lot of first downs against this defense. So I think we're, we're both in agreement there that the Nebraska defense is, is realistically what's going to win this game for them. Yeah, absolutely. No question about it. Yep. So that's kind of where, where the team stands right now after this 0-2 start. Again, we'll, we'll kind of consider how these next two non-conference games go. You know, there'll be, there'll be that opportunity to, to reflect on that as well. So uh, again, 6 p.m. Saturday, first home game, big moment for the team uh, to get things right. Uh, there as well. So really quick, want to touch on uh, kind of what Nebraska volleyball team's been up to. Uh, miss our our big, you know, volleyball day in Nebraska. It's like, oh, they've been playing these regular matches. It's not like, oh, well, you don't get 90,000 uh, to watch you every time. Oh, well. <laughs> they set a demanding record for Nebraska Creighton since they added more seats in there. So yeah, we were, there were almost 9,000 people in there that day. So that's a lot. The sellouts, the sellouts will continue. That's no for sure. No question. So right now, Nebraska up to 7-0, and um, having a, a great start to the year. Two recent matches to quickly catch up on. Merritt Beeson had a season-high 17 kills, 3-1 win over number 16, Creighton, as you mentioned. And then uh, more recently, Nebraska swept Long Beach State, a season-best 393 hitting percentage in that one. Uh, really good, really good couple of sets there for Nebraska in that win. And this sets up a huge match. Um, number four, Nebraska. Number five, Stanford. As we record this, we don't know what's going to happen. You viewers, you'll know at home uh, by the time you hear this. But uh, going to be a, a fun one, right? Oh, yeah. It's on ESPN. Not ESPN2. Not ESPNU. ESPN, which is crazy. It's so exciting. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a really tough test for Nebraska. Um and that tough, those tough tests are going to continue because they have a really highly ranked Kentucky coming in here uh, this weekend too. So, if I'm excited for this week, it should be fun. Yeah, I think in particular the Stanford matchup, like when you have two high level volleyball teams going at each other, I mean, you can just get some incredible runs, incredible intensity, um, stuff that you know we've maybe seen glimpses of from this Nebraska team. So, I'll just be interested to see how do they handle that intensity. That'll be. Uh, That'll be a fun one for this young team. So we'll see what happens uh, in that one. Uh, big, big couple weeks coming up for Nebraska volleyball as well. So make sure you stay tuned for all the coverage, everything Huskers at JournalStar.com. we got lots to come this week. Of course, first home game coming up. Lots to look forward to. So appreciate all of you viewers and listeners, as always, tuning into the Life in the Red podcast. We'll see you next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.